Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the program. My name is Reverend Brian, and I am the right-wing reverend. Well, today's program is a celebration of sorts. Every time we hit a mile marker, I try to do a program that has to do with getting saved. And today is show number 300. That's a lot of programs. That's a lot of content. And by the way, you can find it all over on our website at prayerboxministry.org. Today's program, we're going to be talking about one of the most famous verses in the Bible in 2 Chronicles, and we're going to call this program, If My People. But before we go there, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are an awesome, awesome God. I want to give you thanks and praise and glory for everything. Lord, I pray that the words that are spoken in this program would be a blessing to you and to those who hear and that if we could reach just one person, because your word says that when your word is given out, it never comes back void. So when it comes back, we hope and pray that it touches at least one. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. And we do it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. All right. Show number 300. Well, it's kind of a milestone. I mean, if you think we, if you think about it, that means that we have done, what is that, five shows, five and a half, five and a half years, 550 is 250, yep, that's five and a, five, a little over five years of programs, week in and week out, with no break, every single week, wow. So show 300, <clears throat> I've been wanting, I've been looking forward to doing this one for about six or eight months now, and I wanted to do just the right program. And I'll tell you how I came up with it. I, this wasn't my original intention. My, my favorite verse in the Bible is John 3, 3, and that's what I was going to teach on. But I did, because of the lock-in, uh, and our Bible study class hasn't been able to meet. I did a live, a Facebook live this week, and I and I wanted to give an uplifting message. And in that message, I talked about Second Chronicles seven fourteen. And the reason that I gave that whole sermon that night was because I wanted people to not be afraid, to know that. God is God and we are not. We are not going to change God's mind or will. What God wants to have happen is going to happen. So let's just concentrate on God's word and do what God's word says. And if we do that, we're going to be fine. Okay? But we got to do what God's word says. So what does God's word say? Now, <clears throat> I'm going to go through it, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to tell you what most uh, people that pray this are praying for and why that's wrong. It says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, when I first became a Christian, I was in a Bible study class. And they prayed this prayer all the time, praying for revival in the land. Now, any verse that you use that you can somehow get there, talking about revival for the land, I'm fine with. But that's not what this verse is about. And I'm going to go through and I'm going to show you what this verse is really about. Now, I should say up front, and, and, and I mentioned this in the program the other day. There is a, a commentator who has now passed away uh, that I highly respect his views. And uh, his name is J. Vernon McGee. And I have read and studied all five volumes of his commentary on the Bible. And 99.999% of the stuff that he says is absolutely biblical and right. There is one part here, and I don't even disagree. I just think that he he finds a difference without without it mattering. I don't. I can't remember that old saying. It's a a difference without a something. Anyway, and it's the last line. And when we get there, I'll show you. But, so let's go through and take a look at this verse. It says, if my people. Now remember, this is in the Old Testament. So who's God talking about? The Jews. But if we're going to talk about applying God's word to our lives and, and what this means, it's not the same. Remember, the Old Testament means old promise. New Testament means new promise. The Old Testament was on the law and the old promise that God had made. The New Testament was based on the new promise that God had made with regards to Jesus and grace. Under the law, it was all about, and, and here's here's. Here's what you should remember. Under the Old Testament and the Old Law, God's original plan was to make the Jews that were his people to be the priests for the entire world so that they would teach the whole world about God. That was the plan. The Jews didn't, didn't see that. They didn't get that. So God had to make a new plan. And he and in Jesus... He completely reversed his plan, where the rest of the world was going to be the priests for the Jews. Sounds odd, but that's the new promise. And if you look at the elements of the Old Testament versus the New Testament, it is completely opposite all the way through. Same message, but different guidelines. Old Testament law, New Testament grace. Old Testament God, New Testament Jesus. Old Testament justice, New Testament grace. Okay? So when, we talk, when we're looking in the Old Testament, we have to look at how that would be applied in the New Testament. And you can go through 
And this commentator does that. I'm not going to take the time to do that. But there are corresponding verses in the New Testament that say exactly the same thing, but referring to Christians. So when we look at this and it says, if my people, now that does not mean that it excludes the Jews. What it means is everybody who is called by God's name. Christian is named after God. So here, we can apply this verse to Jews and Christians alike. So if the people that are called by his name, the Jews and the Christians, what? Shall humble themselves. Now, <clears throat> I've done a whole sermon on humility, and, and I've heard people say, I've never heard a good definition of humility. That may or may not be true. I don't know. But here's what I do know. Do you think David was a humble man? Yeah, because God said David was a man after my own heart. Was David, was King David, was he a wuss? No, he was a fighting man. In fact, God didn't let him build the temple because he had blood on his hands. So being humble has nothing to do with behavior. It has to do with heart. As an example, circumcision. God goes through the Old Testament and Jesus through the New Testament talking about circumcision of the skin means nothing. It, it's an outward invisible sign of something that should have happened in your heart. You should, you should give your heart to Jesus. Okay? So when, when he says, humble yourself, what that means is know who you are in Jesus. Who are you? Who are you in Jesus? Are you a preacher? Are you a teacher? Are you a server? Are you, what are you? Are you a daughter of the Most High God? Know who you are and be that. If you are Billy Graham, then go preach to the world. And if you're Brian with Prayer Box Ministry, you do what God puts in front of you. That's humility. Not doing what Brian wants, because the flesh is weak. We all know that. That's why we sin. Humility means knowing who you are and sacrificing the flesh to do God's will. And pray. <clears throat> Here's a story that I tell. Now, it's going to be a funny visual, but I want you to, and, and, I, and this can be backed up biblically. But let's pretend that every person that's ever born is born with one hand and one cell phone. The cell phone's on your left hand. You don't have a hand anymore. You have a cell phone, okay? And you go through your life and you talk on this cell phone, okay? And you just talk, 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 talk. And so one day you decide that you want to be saved, okay? And so you say the sinner's prayer and all of a sudden you get a dial tone. And you're like, wow. That is what getting saved is about. And that's the first prayer that God hears from every believer is the sinner's prayer. 
giving his life or her life to Jesus. So when he says, pray, he is talking about prayer. And, and what is the next part he says? And seek my face. Pray and seek my face. How do you seek God's face? Do you know? You seek God's face by learning about who God is. And how do you do that? You read God's word. You spend time in prayer. You listen to the Holy Spirit. You do everything you can to chase after God. And you will never find him, but if you chase him, he will find you. So he wants you to pray. And then seek his face. And what's the last thing? And turn from your wicked ways. What's another word for turn from your wicked ways? Do you know? To repent. When you get saved and you repent of your sin, and I go through this. Whenever I lead anybody to the Lord, I always go through a big definition of repentance. And, and let me show you the visual that I use. One hand is evil. One hand is good. When you're born, you're right in the middle. And you spend your whole life normally heading towards evil. Because that's the flesh. When you decide that you want to be saved, you turn away from sin. Your spirit, your mind, your body, everything. You make a physical, conscious effort to turn away from sin, and you spend the rest of your life heading towards good, which is heaven. And the physical, spiritual, emotional, physical act of turning away from sin is called repentance, also known here as turn from their wicked ways then what does God say he says if man will do those things now and before I go on remember in the Old Testament nobody got saved there was no saving nobody went to heaven which we'll go into that in another sermon nobody goes to heaven and nobody gets saved but right here we can see this is the Old Testament way of getting saved. You say, well, well what do you mean? So if, if you're going to be a Jew or a Christian, then you need to humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. Give your heart to him. Say the sinner's prayer. Seek after God and repent of your sin. That's what you do when you get saved. Now, I want you to think of this as kind of like a spiritual transaction. God is saying, okay, stupid human, do these things. Now, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Then I will hear you from heaven when you say the sinner's prayer. I'm going to hear that prayer. And I, well, what does he say? And I will forgive their sins. 
Isn't that what happens when we get saved? God forgives our sins? And will heal their land. Okay, so here's the part where that commentator parted ways. He says, well, the rest of that talks about getting saved, but you can't find a place in the New Testament where he talks about physically saving their land. And I agree with that. But here's, here's what he's missing. When you get saved, okay, your heart is hard. I mean... You have spent, let's say you get saved at 30 years old. Your heart has had 30 years of wallowing in sin. Your sin has, has hardened your heart. You have, no, you have no Jesus. You have no Holy Spirit. You have nothing that is good inside of you. Everything inside of you is bad and evil. Remember, Jesus says, there is not, no good person among you. There is no good. Only God is good. So, when we're talking about getting saved, he heals our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our spirit, our land, our physical possession. What is land? Isn't land a physical possession? Or a physical inhabitant? I mean, if we have land, you can physically touch your floor and say, yeah, that's that's land. Or if you want to be specific, you can go outside and touch the grass and say, yeah, that's land. Now, you could say that your body and your heart and your spirit is your, I mean, I can touch my skin and say, yep, that's, that's my body. And when we go through and we do the steps that God has talked about here, of getting saved, the ultimate, God says he's going to do three things. Okay? He's going to hear from heaven. He's going to forgive our sin. And then he's going to heal our land. Now, what if he had said here, <clears throat> and I will heal, heal their heart? Do you think, now remember, this verse was taken when uh, Solomon was praying over and uh, blessing the temple. Okay? Which is important, by the way talking about getting saved when he's consecrating the temple. Very, very important. But this last part is exactly what God does when we get saved. He hears your prayer, he forgives your sin, and he heals your land. He heals your heart, he heals your uh, spirit, your mind, you know, and, and he says you can't find, you can find all kinds of references to that in the New Testament. You know, when a, when a person gets saved, the old man dies and the new man lives. Well, they're not talking about a physical body. They're talking about the spirit. The spirit that was belonging to Satan has now died. Satan's gone. Now your body has the Holy Spirit. 
you're saved. And here is the Old Testament version of God doing that. He's going to hear the sinner's prayer. He's going to forgive their sins. And he's going to heal their heart. But in order for those things to happen, man has to do certain things. Let's go back over the list. <clears throat> We've got a lot going on here today. So when we're talking about 2 Chronicles 7.14, we are talking about the Old Testament version of getting saved. Which if you want to be a Christian, you need to humble yourself before God, pray, learn all you can about God, chase after him, and repent from your sin. That's exactly what we do when we get saved. And in exchange, God promises to do this. He will hear your sinner's prayer, he will forgive your sin, and he will heal your heart. Have you been healed? Have you been saved? Every landmark show that we do, I want to try to talk to people about getting saved. We need to give our lives to Jesus Christ. If you know somebody that's looking for Jesus, or you think needs Jesus, share this program with them. And I'll lead them through the sinner's prayer. So today, instead of closing in prayer, I'm going to close in the sinner's prayer. Or a version of the sinner's prayer. Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner and I want to repent of all of my sin and give my heart to Jesus. Lord, I acknowledge that Jesus was born of man. He came from heaven. He suffered, died, and was crucified on the cross because of my sin. He was buried. He rose again to fulfill scripture and today he sits at the right hand of the father being the intercessor between us and you Lord please hear my prayer and change my heart so that I belong to you Lord I do it and pray it in Jesus name Amen if you want to give your life to Jesus just repeat that and mean it and mean it and if you know somebody that needs to be saved, share this program with them. It could be the difference between spiritual life and death. Well, that's the program, everyone. Just a couple of announcements. If you'd like to know a little bit more about who we are and what we do, you can find us online at prayerboxministry.org. That's O-R-G dot org. We like to say you can go over there and do one thing every day for seven years and never repeat what you're doing. So go over there and check us out, prayerboxministry.org. Let's program, everyone. You have a blessed week. I look forward to next week when we'll continue our series called Taba. You be blessed. We'll see you next week.